Yeah. That's right. And that's not a metaphor for anything else. No, no. Just leave it where it stays. Well, you want guys want to start now? Well, you're too late. It's already been going on. Uh, for the people who haven't been here before, who have, we'll just give you a, a glossary of terms. Hello. It's okay if you want to come in here. It's fine. Come on in. Yeah, just, you can observe from there. Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. Oh, you want to see all the room? Yeah. Want to see all this? Well, the glossary of terms, because when I go on the road, people ask me to sort of define or at least get close to what I mean by certain words. So one of them is selfing. Yes? It's a tricky thing because it's so... uh, The feeling of being a self is pretty palpable. And it's difficult to entertain that you're not a self from the basis of feeling like a self. Yeah, it's a difficult trick. And it's for me, I think it's impossible. You can hear it, yes, but it's sort of like hearing the message that you're a lion. Yeah. Now, a lot of people will respond to that message hearing it and be very excited or have like an unspoken yes or feel really good about it. And you would, so there they are hearing, you're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion. And the message is there. That's not what needs to be really looked at. What needs to be looked at is, here comes the message, I'm a lion, I'm a lion, I'm a lion. And it really is translated by what kind of ear hears it. Yeah. So let's say if you have a sheep ear and you hear the message, I can be a lion, or I am a lion, it sounds great, but it gets translated into, I can become like a lion. That's not the message. Yes? So here's the message. Oh, yeah, I really like it. I'm a lion, I'm a a lion, I'm a lion. But it hits the ear and it turns into I can become like a lion because there is a a primary or a prior identification as being a sheep. Yeah? So everything is being referred back to that. Even the message you're a lion is being referred back to the feeling of being a sheep. Yeah? Now, at that point, the, the feeling of being a lion hits you. You had an unspoken yes or an aha, but it's usually it's it's usually uh, grounded out of forgotten very quickly, and that very strong sense of being a you, you know, a body, a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, overcomes that invitation and changes the invitation and makes it something. Yeah, and now the something it makes to the sheep here is I can become like a lion. So now it's going to try to become like a lion, the sheep. And maybe it runs into a couple other sheep that want to become like a lion, and they get together, and they start having meetings about becoming like a lion. Yeah, and maybe they get like a room like this. They get pictures of lions, old lions, and they get candles in front of the pictures, and they bow down and have great honor and, you know, very the venerable lion, and they're really into the lion. And now... And they're practicing, you know, roaring. They have, a, they bring a more, a more astute sheep to start teaching them how to roar. And they're all straightening their hair, you know, to get a mane look. And now they're busily uh, becoming like a lion. And they're sort of getting a lot of kudos from their own little head, you know, because you, the head doesn't care how much you try to become like a lion as long as the sheep is in place. It doesn't give a shit. It does, It can come into a room like this and not be affected one bit by all this. Yeah. 
not by any image that you see. It may not trigger anything because it's who or that is triggering is the dilemma. Yeah, it's not. So you don't. Let's say you see three hundred paintings. And it seems not to work. So your my idea in the old days would be to get go to a room with 500 paintings. Yeah, mm-hmm. if there was more than what if they got to a critical mass, it would override this thing, this sort of vague sense of being a something already. Yeah, and I would be free from it. But it doesn't work that way. Yeah, whatever the the selfing comes in contact with, it takes advantage of. It doesn't matter the quantity. It can come in contact with one teacher or 30 teachers. It can still avail all those experiences with the teachers and uh, produce nothing out of it, yeah? Because of the primary condition is you're a sheep, yes? So here are the people. So this message is you're a lion. And so it's like that old story I used to tell from, uh, I think it was from Papaji, way back actually in in, uh, Hinduism, where there's a, a young lion and her and its and its mother are roaming around, and then the mother gets killed. So the young lion is left uh, alone, and it really doesn't know what's going on. And it sees this herd of sheep, and it starts it starts running after the sheep to try to join them. You know, the sheep know it's a lion, so they get flipped out. But then they realize the lion doesn't even know it's a lion, and so they incorporate it into the sheep world. Now the lion is trying to be a good sheep. You know. And it feels weird because it's the only one with straight hair and it's sort of bigger than the other ones. But it's trying to become a good sheep and, you know, and rise in the ranks of the society of sheepness. And then one day a big old lion comes to eat and it sees the herd of sheep running around and it starts taking off, on, you know, after them. And on the corner of its eye, it sees this other lion. It thinks, oh, another lion's, lion's joining the hunt. But it realizes the lion's running away from it. So it's... It veers off from the sheep and it grabs the young lion. The young lion rolls over on its back and goes, Please, Mr. Lion, I'm just a humble sheep. Leave me alone. And the old lion's pretty perplexed. So it just grabs the young lion, brings it to this water, this pond, and sticks both their heads over. And the pond reflects what? Their image. Yeah. Now the young lion, with total confusion, trying to be a sheep for freaking years, never feeling that satisfaction the other sheep seem to be getting, from being a sheep, right? All it took was a nanosecond to realize it wasn't a sheep. Yeah? As soon as it saw the other lion's head and its head, it realized it. And the old lion says, roar, and it roars. It doesn't have to take three months of roaring classes. It's, already, it's inherently there. The traits are ready to burst. They're just not being able to come to, into the light because they're being, let's say, uh, obscured or distorted, yeah? And what is that which is causing the distortion? For me, it's the identification as being something that you're not. It's just that freaking simple. Because if that becomes the reference, all the information about what you are will be held by that. It's going to immediately neuter or negate what that message had. It's going to freeze-dry it and make it into something. So now you'll have, let's say, statues of lions, fucking old lions that you have great stories about on your spiritual mantle, all the while you're a lion. Now you're trying to become like a lion, which is the most insane thing of all. So now you're trying to become a conceptual idea of what you believe from being a sheep or being in that identification, what a lion would be like. Yeah. So now let's say a contemporary one is loving gaze. Yeah. 
sitting here with the loving gaze. You know, oh, yes, yes. I feel pity for all of you. Yes, but I do love you. Yes, whatever, you know? And all this stuff. It's fine and dandy, but this whole idea, how can, how can, how can a person who has no, uh, no ability to recognize any value in gems be a jeweler? Yeah. You're going to be saying, so you'll, you'll mistake charisma for something. You'll mistake a loving gaze for something. You'll mistake hugging for something. Yes. So the whole point in not, in, from where I sit is not to sort of talk, uh, talk lovingly about the all oneness and the lion. Let's see if you're a fucking sheep. If you're not. What's going to find out what happens? You may have roar immediately. It's not going to take any time because you don't have to process it, process yourself into anything because you, where you think you are, you're not. Yeah. To get out of an imaginary place doesn't take any time. To get into an imagine, seemingly into an imaginary place takes time, but to get out of an imaginary place doesn't take time. To get out of an imaginary problem, see, let's say now, in the condition some of us are in, there seems to be a real problem. When I'm in a beautiful situation, I'm in my day, yet my head is just going off about yesterday and tomorrow, and it's really irritating. It's like mental mosquitoes just flying. You know how a mosquito, when you traveled in... Asia, one mosquito could ruin your whole freaking night. You just hear the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now we have 70,000 of them. 70,000 of them. So you're like, today was a beautiful day. The canvas was gorgeous. The basic colors were gorgeous. The activities may have been nice. I didn't have to do any work. I could go to the beach. And it's so incredible just to be able to enjoy that. Yeah, without, because I tell people, what ruins your Monday? It's never Monday. It's either Wednesday or Saturday or Tuesday or Thursdays or 2009 and 2016. Yes? So the point is, is, so let's say what happens. If you hear enough of these messages or something and your mind shifts, let's say. It's just a recalibration. And then you've got a strong sense that you're not a body. Yeah? And that you're not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. And I don't know how that can come about. I think it's already in place. I would say grace has to somehow be available. Because no matter how much you think you're not a body, you're thinking you're not a body as a body. (laughs) It's very difficult to make a leap that doesn't take any yardage. Yeah? It's very, I find, very difficult. So what happened is... Something happened in me. My head shifted out of that sufficiently to open up my mind to different information other than information, you know, notarized by self-centeredness, but information from what I call centeredness. Yeah. And all the information, all the information that would download distilled into one thing. I'm not that which I'm taking myself to be. Yeah. I'm not the thinker. I'm not the doer. I'm not the feeler, I'm not the haver, yeah? But I'm also not the not either, yeah? I'm something I can't put a fucking finger on, and in fact, I could care less about putting a finger on it. You f- suddenly, I'm freed from the need to be liberated, which is the greatest liberation of all, because then you can actually get about your business here at a day at a time. <laughs> I mean...
<laughs> I'm not wielding Monday like a tool to make a better Tuesday. <laughs> I'm, today's a day of building, and then Tuesday will be the day, ooh, all of my work on Monday will make a better Tuesday. Forget it. <laughs> You want to leave here because you have a belief in a mythical there. What happens when you arrive at the mythical there? It's here. <laughs> if it happens maybe once or 20, 40 times, you're going to get it sooner or later. You realize nothing ever actually happened. <laughs> it just seemed to happen. And that seemingly can seem to be so if it seems to happen to you. Yeah. How is that possible? How can, in recovery, they talk about false evidence appearing real, yeah, which is the acronym for fear. How can false evidence appear real? It has to be appearing real to what's real. Yeah. How could false evidence appear real unless it's appearing to what is real? Yeah. Not the country. <laughs> yes. How could something that's false seem to be true unless what is true is giving it that meaning? How could something false ever come up with something that was even seemingly so, seemingly true? Unless the, the falseness of it and the, and the reality of it is based on the reality. And you and I are the reality. We're the living manifestation of what can't be seen, heard, felt, tasted, and touched. Right now, conscious contact is demonstrating that. Yeah. So if everything that appears, and this is included, can only reach the level of seemingly being so, which means it appears to be true or false to us, yeah, then there must be something that's allowing that to seem to be so. And I would say that's what's so. And I would say you and I are that. Yeah. Right now, there has never been a moment we've not been that. Yeah. This is the absolute. The best way, like I said, to get out of something is to realize you're never in it. You've never been in it. What, how much time would it take to get out of an imaginary place? It's only when you believe that you're somewhere, then you have an urge to get out of that somewhere, to get to a better somewhere, right? Which both of those somewheres are the extension of selfing. You're never going to get out of self as a self. Self cannot leave self. Because self, first of all, the word self is giving it too much credit. It's, a, it's, a, it's an activity called selfing. So the, it goes like this. There's a mental process that's, this is the whole verb. It's identifying as self, as a self, a self. Now, you think identifying is a verb, and then there's the thing, the noun called a self. No, it's a whole verb. Identification as a self is a verb. A mental process is busily doing it, which is the thought system. You watch it. Look at the thought system. See where its value lies, first of all. It, its value lies in this imaginary place called the past, and in another imaginary place called the future. Yes? And it's using now to entertain those realities. Yeah? It's using the reality to give reality to those two. Yeah? 
How could they? How could they have? How could something that's not happening have an effect? Yet, if this, if it's thought about, and you believe the thoughts about it, and you believe you were the one that was there, and you're going to be the one that's going to get the results of what you think are coming, it seems fucking real, doesn't it? How could it be up? How could that come about unless it's reality that's giving it that meaning? How could the dream seem real unless the dreaming gave it that meaning? Yeah. It's like that thing with the, we're in, let's say we're in a very closed room like this, and there's a tiger in here. And we have an idea of a tiger, you know, that it's pretty, it could randomly just attack us at any minute. No matter if we're petting it, it could just turn on us, yeah? So we're sitting there, and then we're, we're, we're afraid of the tiger. And now we don't want to be afraid of the tiger. It's ruining our day. So we get, we're reading books about how to co, you know, cohabitate a small space with a tiger. And, you know, no, tigers are good and we do affirmations. But there's still this underlying anxiety that this freaking thing could just rip my throat out at any moment. You're not going to get over the effects of the tiger if it's continued to seem real. Yeah? Now, the dreamt tiger seems real only to the dreamt object. Yeah? In other words, this has to be given a reality for this to be to conduct a reality to give to everything else. Yes? Yeah. So the point is, if it ain't the dreamt tiger, it's going to be the dreamt hippo. If it ain't Mary, it's going to be Sue. It's going to something. Yeah? Something is going to be screwing with you. So the point is, is not to try to make that, oh, it's not a tiger, it's not a tiger. It's not. Just see if you're this. If you're not this, if you wake up from this, it's essentially you wake up to that. Yeah? You see it as what it is, which it isn't. And therefore, its effects, which are your power, you're giving that thing the ability to affect you by believing it to be so, that sort of, that sort of connection's cut right at the source. Not the tiger, but you. Yeah? You can pray to the tiger, it's still going to rip your neck out. You know? You could bring it into this room, it'll piss and make it, you know, it doesn't give a shit about pictures and everything. You know what I mean? Jesus, if it's hungry, it's going to freaking eat you. Yeah. But what would happen if you saw yourself as not being so? Therefore, everything that you've given the meaning of being so would sort of become translucent. You'd see through it. And you'd realize that very ephemeral statement in Buddhism, the emptiness of all things. You would see there is no thing in and of itself. It only seems to be so. And it's being given that meaning, not from itself, but from the witness of it. You and I. We're the reality. This isn't like a passive spiritual thing. This is very empowering. Because, first of all, the idea of blame just drops immediately. Because you see, you're at the root of everything. Yeah, you're the only player here, really. And a lot more, a lot more downloads. And you're in a state now. You've given up this freaking mental security drive of I know, you know I know. And now you're relegated into finding out, man. And I'll tell you, that is a very strong form of knowledge. When you find something out, it's yours. It's authentic. You become your own authority. And then what happens? Well, I would, 
for me, I heard this message, similar, not, not presented like this, but I heard it, yeah? And I entertained it. I mean, the second time I heard it, an unspoken yes occurred. I was sitting there, and the lady shared, and she wasn't sharing at all about what I was going to share with her, but what happened is something occurred. So I shared, I said, hey, I walked into this room, and I was thinking I was observing all these mental states and emotional states arising, yeah? But there was a slight assumption that that what was observing it was me. Now, by just hearing this message, I realized that was a mental state that was observing the other mental states. And then I saw it many, many times in the next few years that that's what would happen. You would say, okay, you finally, oh, oh, sorry, the gig is up. And then, but suddenly there'd be a subtle authentic self would arise again. And then that would be proven not to be so. After about six examples, I realized there's no one there. Selfing is just like this. It's an activity. The activity, if seen or heard in an uh, ignorant manner, produces a sense of a noun. Yeah? So people hear this message and then they get the idea of selfing. So then they call me and they go, I've been selfing all day. That's not it. Yeah? The feeling of you that was doing the selfing is the product of the selfing. The feeling of the you that's being imposed by the selfing is also the product of the selfing. Yeah? It doesn't care if you recognize it. It's already produced the goods. There's a feeling that it's you that recognized it. That's it. So here's selfing. And this is all it can do. It can only arise to a level of seemingly so. It cannot be so. So there's an activity, yeah? Selfing. And then the activity hooks the mind, and the mind makes the leap into being the one. Yeah? Then you maybe something happens, you hear the message again, this drops and you realize that feeling of being you is also a verb. Yeah? And then maybe it pops up again. After a few examples, you realize there's no noun to be found here. There's just verbing. Yeah? Everything is in motion, moving at different frequencies. Yeah? There's no... No one's getting hit by the winds of time. <laughs> Nor are they being carried away, away by the celestial winds. There's no... You're not a sail. It brings about a freedom from what you didn't expect that you were bound to. Yeah? Most people want to be free as a self. But the freedom is from. They hear a message like this, and then they start trying patiently, waiting to get it. And then you see after a few months, you know, they have that loving gaze. Now they're getting pissed off. I can't get it. I've been to 800 satsangs. and (laughs) When am I going to get it? Never. There's no you to get a damn fucking thing. Yeah? Or... I want to be there to experience my own absence. Good luck. Good luck. There's, you're not going to be observing your absence, bro. That would be the pseudo-presence. That's what happens. The, you get relieved of the biggest weight of all, the one you didn't even notice. Yeah, That's what you get relieved of, the one you haven't even noticed, even though you can pick out everything else about you and others, but you're missing the whole fucking forest. It's like gravity. Who the hell is talking about in this cafe today? Not one person probably mentioned the effect of gravity on them today. Not none. 
you know, oh, yes, it's pushing against my left shoulder more than usual. It's looking like it doesn't like you today either. Having a heavy day with gravity, eh, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the only way you would know gravity is by going into an anti-gravity chamber, and then by its absence, you would realize it. You would realize what it was by when you had a hit that it isn't. That's exactly what happens with this message. You know the problem from the solution. And from the solution's point of view, there is no problem. And there goes the solution too. So it's the most economical, pared down event because there's nothing to carry. You don't need a spiritual pocket to put it in. There's nothing to be vigilant about. Yeah, It's like free reign. Instead of trying to focus the aperture that is you, and then trying to focus to find you, <laughs> here you are, this giant space, and yet you're trying to put it down to this little minuscule pointed thing. I'm going to find me. <laughs> That's it. Like St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for. What's looking. It doesn't say who's looking. What's looking. What's looking is a wide open aperture. Yeah. Or like in Dok Chen, to Tibetan Buddhism, they call it relaxed awareness. It's not concentrated or focused. It's open, wide, yeah? And there's no way, if you're identified with this, that you can ever bring about that. You can't even entertain that except from this, yeah? So this message is to entertain the basic reference. Are you that reference? And when you find out you're not, fucking all heaven breaks out instead of all hell all heaven breaks out you start traveling lighter on a on a consistent level here and you realize the best solution to dissatisfaction is satisfaction you feel contentment not produced by anything but just like a like a just like a source of water based on the conditions is always going to be running yeah always you don't be, you're not gulping it because you know there'll be more to drink the next day. Yeah? And then you have it by giving it away. Just like tonight. So let's start just simply. Thoughts. My thoughts difference between heaven and hell really thoughts and my thought obviously the sense of my is a thought but that's very rarely seen every thought that's usually seen or heard in one's head is already cradled by this idea that it's your thought that you are the thinker of it or it's about you yes in that in that paradigm forget about it forget about it you can't you can't you can't squeeze two-ness into oneness. This doesn't fucking work. Yeah. So what would happen if these thoughts weren't yours? Find out. It's an incredible thing to entertain. We're not asking you much. Just entertain the possibility that these thoughts that are running through my head, how the hell do I know they're mine? Yeah. And if they're mine, they, quite, they're, they never listen to me anyway. <laughs> they don't seem to be following any of my instructions. Stay today! You know, like we talk about all the time, that drive to be in the moment. It's like a big business, you know. But it's based on an insane idea that you could be out of a moment. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy how it's so, it's like we're trying to get into what we can't be out of, and we're trying to get out of what we can't be in. It's unbelievable. It really is.
And of course, if it's based on that thing, it can take tons of time. Of course. Because each moment isn't moving towards anything. It's moving away, basically. It's extending in time. You're thinking you're contracting time. It's extending in time. Yeah? The, 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 the little miscalculation is geometrically progressing. So now every thought is held as my thought. And this activity of selfing, its main movement is the claim. That's what it does. It doesn't have a life, so it claims it. And life is brought to us, this event is brought to us by consciousness, right? Consciousness is in contact, whatever you want to call it. I don't, I'm not, I don't frame it as awareness, but there's an activity in manifestation called consciousness. And in that consciousness, contact is occurring through this apparatus. I'm seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, yes? And I'm, I'm hearing thoughts. So there's an engagement there. Now, the mental process, when we were kids, there was no sense of self, yeah? The first 18 months, supposedly. So the mental, the brain had to be working hard to be able to get this crazy idea in place, yeah? That you're a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. And how it does that and how it keeps reinforcing it is every faculty that's occurring through here, feeling, thinking, yes, actions are claimed as, I'm the actor, I'm the feeler, I'm the thinker, I'm the seer, I'm the taster, I'm the toucher. So it claims being the one who's conscious. And now, the conscious contact that's constantly happening has been hijacked and is being used to reinforce an idea, a mental idea. Not a mind's idea, a mental idea. That I'm a hybrid, like a mental idea and a physical body. Yeah? And that's who I am. So it uses thoughts to facilitate that bondage. Yeah. It's sort of like um, in recovery we talk about a it's beautiful statement. It says, please relieve us of the bondage of self. It's beautiful because it doesn't say bondage to self. Yeah. So let's say if self was a thing, like a chair, and I'm a thing, for me to be bonded to the chair, you'd have to use some kind of uh, mechanism like a handcuff. Yeah? And then I'd be handcuffed here, and I'd be bonded to that chair, this chair. So wherever I went, I'd be taking the chair with me. Yeah? And therefore, if I found the, the right spiritual locksmith, let's say, he could lock, pick the lock, I'd be free from the bondage to self. I'd walk away. Yeah? But bondage of self is totally different. It's an activity. Yeah. It cannot reach a level of being so, but it can seem to be so, to what is so. Yeah? So in this case, you're bonded of a chair. There is no handcuff, but what's happening, wherever you go, you're, taking, you're walking around with the chair, you know, and you're wondering why you can't get into your car, and you know, no one wants to go home with you, and you've got this big freaking chair. Yeah? It's just like a, a, you have a tumor, a big tumor sticking out of your side, and you assume that you, and so now you're going to tailors and getting all your shirts fixed so they can you know, hold that thing and your jackets and you're spending a lot of money to get all a nice little fashion idea and you're using it as like an armrest when you drive and stuff like that. Someone comes in and goes, hey, you can get that removed. Now you would think you would immediately go for it, yeah? But now you've invested a lot of money in those shirts and those leather jackets, you know? You know, you go out with women with tumors and they, you rub each other's tumor together. You know, you're like, hey, wait a minute, bro. Don't start fucking with my life. You know what I mean? But the thing is, the be what would happen if you just got it? Hey, it's not me. What would your mind immediately be able to entertain, which it wasn't able to entertain when the identification was in place? What happened with me is I entertained the idea I'm not that. It had enough dawning power. 
And in my mind said, I can be free of it. Not therapize it, not socialize it, not try to freaking make it better, but I can actually be free of it. Yeah, free. <laughs> and I've been entertaining it ever since. The freedom. <laughs> Who would have known? Who would have thunk it would happen so easy like that? It was just just a possibility. While I was identified as this idea of self, there was no way I could entertain being free from it. I was entertaining being free as it. I was trying to take it along with me. Yeah? And from its counsel, it was going to be a long, long process. Lifetimes of purification and all this stuff. <laughs> what would happen if something wasn't so? To disguise that, wouldn't it make a path that would lead you to what it is not being so? A long, long path? <laughs> so it could seem to be so for quite a long time. <laughs> doesn't take a fucking second. It's already in place. So what happens if a thought is just a thought? Let's say this lovely lady in the front, Deb, is having a thought and it's driving her crazy. I could sit right next to her. That thought has no power to affect me. Eh? No, it's not contagious or anything like that. But the same thought if it's held, that same thought could have a huge amount of power here if it was held as my thought. So long as I know it's Deb's thought, I have sort of an immunity to it, yeah? But as soon as the same thought is held as mine, it ha may have a huge amount of power. Where is it getting the power? Not from its own, from the thought, but from the identification as being the thinker, yes? That's it. Selfing claims what you are, uses it to facilitate the reality of what you're not. That's what it's doing all day. Yeah. You were never imprisoned, so it's it's an activity of seemingly being imprisoned. Yeah, You don't have a date when you were finally incarcerated. You've never been incarcerated. You just feel like you're incarcerated. Yes, It can never actually produce the goods, but it states that you're, the, the goods are already produced. Yeah, It's like this. If selfing is like an activity, and at the end of it, it produces a feeling of being a self. But when you come, when you have that feeling, you think you were before the activity. It produces a, histor a historical sense of being a self. Yeah? You know what I mean? So here's this process that produces a sense of self. When the production occurs, you feel like you were prior to the production. That's the sense of self. That's the false continuity. That's the false absoluteness. Yeah? It's produced. What would happen if that, if that activity was going on and you, you saw it as having nothing to do with you? You would have an immunity to it, yeah? Because your interest wouldn't be interested in it and your attention would be going about other things, basically right now. <laughs> that thing that's driving the obsession, all your interest and attention would be enriching your life. It was freed from that fucking pursuit, yeah? And the only reason why you're so engaged in it, you think it's you. You think you're the object of the thoughts, or you think you're the subject of the thoughts. That's what gives the thoughts all the freaking power. The thoughts have no power in and of themselves. They, they facilitate a power coming from you. Yeah. What would happen if that's cut off? You see, find out. 
you'd have an immunity to thoughts, and then this day would be this day, you know, and it wouldn't be operated by uh, interrupted by Wednesdays or one, or Tuesdays. You'd be here because they would realize there's no possibility you could be anywhere else. And at that point, you'd be mining the, the, the fruits of what's going on here. You'd be awake. Your interest and attention would rest there. Have plenty of interest and attention to deal with what shows up today. But then it would it would know where its home was and be resting in nothingness instead of being obsessed and preoccupied with an idea of being a thing. Yeah. And just the difference between obsession with self and abidance in truth is just that. Yeah. Your attention would be resting what's in what never goes which not which never comes, which always is there, it finds rest there. And it has all the ability and attention and interest to deal with what this day brings. Not with what my whole life brings, or last year brought, or what I think it's going to be bringing, but this. Yeah? And you travel quite light. More and more economized. More and more paring down. So there's an old statement in one of the great Zen treatises that says, you can't use activity to produce stillness. That would be activity. Yeah, This is the conundrum. Yeah, You can't use activity to produce stillness. That would be activity. Sort of like the thing, you can't use self to get out of self. That would be self. think you're an exception to the rule <laughs> to the rule but you could save yourself a whole lot of time by just realizing when you're up against an absolute yeah <laughs> submit <laughs> it's the easiest off the way <laughs> feel like you're meditated all freaking day. You'll, you'll sense something going on. You'll sense a presence. No matter how much mental machinations you try to fill that empty space to produce a presence, the real presence is in the emptiness of the space. And that hasn't changed no matter how much stuff has been thrown in it or taken out of it. Nothing, nothing leaves a lasting effect on the sky. Nothing that appears in the sky leaves a lasting effect. Nothing even leaves a, a, a temporary effect on the sky. Yes? That's what mind is like. Everything is going on. Everything, all the content is appearing, but none of it spills on and, and tattoos the context. Yes? And if you're thinking you're a content, then you're going to be thrown around by the dualistic fucking currents and tides. You're going to be taken this way and that way by the split mind. 
There'll be no rest, really. You'll constantly be seeking. It's like a form of slavery, to tell you the truth. But a little bit of context goes a long, long way. Leavens the whole pot here. Yeah. And for me, it translated into a stabilized traveling lighter for quite a long time. I was hoping it was going to change the geography of my life, but that's not its plan. Its plan is that you'll travel lighter over whatever geography you're going to be running into. Yeah, The action figure has a destiny, and it's going to run that race. But you can travel lighter over all the little pits and things. Yeah? Not by effort, nor by thought, but just by recognition. And then entertaining what's been recognized. Not thinking about it. Not praying to it. Entertaining it. Try to match the largeness of what you've been introduced to. Because you are the largeness. So let's say we're talking about only reality can make something else seem real. I mean, it can't get the sense of being real from anything else but reality. And you seem to be a conductor of this event, yeah? Why not turn that ability and make what's real real for you? See what happens, yeah? Look at what you're doing to making things that are unreal. They seem to be really fucking real, don't they? Can you imagine if you turn that, that... trait or quality, if you want to call it a quality, to making real what is real? Ha-ha-ho! <laughs> You're finally on it. You hit the right number. You're now entertaining the reality as real. Woo! Now you're aligned with the way. <laughs> Instead of busily making things unreal, real, you're letting reality be real. Yeah. So you've heard an unspoken yes, look what it's done for you, with no, no thought or effort. A lot of people here, we've been entertaining this for a while, and I would say we're all, uh, like they say in the Course of Miracles, you know, you're going to dream yourself out of this dream, and as you're doing that, the dream's going to get happier. And I'd imagine if we had testimonials here from a lot of the people, they would have to say that that's so, yeah? Just a lightening of everything, like, can you imagine, it's sort of like a gray day lighting, getting lighter, Yeah? You know how it is? It's a vague sense. And then you forget what the grayness was as soon as the light, as soon as it gets lighter. When it's only the gray, it seems fucking really the gray and you're really obsessed around it. But as soon as its absence becomes obvious, there's no obsession about the gray or nothing. You're just indulging in the light. You see a lot of things a lot clearer. You know, you feel better. Yeah. Where's there any thought or effort on that? That's sort of what it's like. Yeah. This weather front, this mental weather front that's been just laying atop your your landscape, yeah, just lifts. Because you're the one that's been bringing it down. You're the one that's holding it in place by giving it the meaning that it seems to have. Yeah? And it's all issuing first from the oldest idea, and that's the meaning of this as being you. I saw this guy die when I was young. One of my favorite uncles passed away. Was nine, I was nine years old, and my mother took me to the open casket to wake. And we went out, we looked at the body, and I had this hit. That is an Uncle Fred, you know? I mean, the body was there, and I was assuming all the while he was alive that he was that body. But now that 
something that was Uncle Fred was gone. <laughs> it was obvious he wasn't a body. And then in hindsight, I realized I thought he was a body because I thought I was a body. Yeah. But it was so obvious that without that uh, that animating principle, it didn't matter. You could take that dead eye and put it in a live body, and it would facilitate seeing. But in that dead body, it was never going to see again. I mean, the camera worked perfectly, but that there wasn't the light coming through the camera anymore. Yes? We're, we're like that the scientist in the telescope, where the telescope facilitates you seeing the stars closer up, but actually they don't bring the stars closer, do they? If someone is watching the thing, there's the telescope and the sky is just as far as it was before, but now it looks, when you're looking through the telescope, it looks like it's really close, yeah? And now, now so the telescope facilitates that event, but if the scientist walks away, the telescope ain't seeing anything, yeah? It needs that animating, that aliveness, that consciousness to facilitate yeah, to look through it, and then all, all of that is revealed. But it's not the telescope revealing it. It facilitates the revelation. Yeah. Now what happens is we're, we're, we're sensing the light that's moving through us, but we're taking ourselves to be the telescope. Yeah. We're taking credit for it we have nothing to do with. Yeah. And the language supports it constantly. If you listen, we, we always make this joke because I went back east and... I had, they hadn't seen me for about eight months, and my hair had grown. So people were saying, oh, you're growing your hair. You know, and I'd say, oh, yes, I'm growing my hair. But actually, I was just not cutting my hair. I had nothing to do with the hair growing. Yeah? It wasn't like I was taking a few hours on Saturday, and, hey, I've got a closed-door hair-growing activity. Uh, and I'd bring my professional hair grower in. Come on, let's get it going. You know, no. But the language assumes I have something to do with something I have nothing to do with. Well, it, it assumes that quite a lot. Yeah, it assumes you're the doer of something you have nothing to do with. You're the doer of a, 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 a thought system that you have nothing to do with. Yeah, you're not of the telescope. You're not a you're not a different you're not an object produced by differentiated light. You're the undifferentiated light in a sense. Yeah. Why not entertain what you're not? Find out if it's Mike. If it isn't, see what happens, yeah? You and I, if you take yourself to be this, you're going to be an urban renewal project the rest of your life. You're always going to be tinkering. You may be able to accept others, but I'm held to a much higher standard. I've got to be perfect, you know. Well, this it's never going to fucking end. Yeah? If you go through all the troubles from your family of origin on Earth, you'll make up a family of origin from Mars. And you'll go into this. The minds can make problems up that you feel are historical right now. Yeah? They don't come from any history. They're made up right now. Yeah? And the thing is, with the selfing, it's important. The selfing can only imply, insinuate, infer that you're a self, yeah? It's the mind that makes the leap. In this case, the selfing is like the finger pointing at the moon, yeah? The mind makes the leap to be the moon. This cannot produce the moon. All the thinking, all the thoughts that say you're the doer cannot produce the doer. All the thoughts that say you're the thinker cannot produce the thinker. 
They can only insinuate that, that, that there's a thinker. They can only insinuate that there's a doer. The mind makes the leap and gives that meaning. Makes it seem real. Yeah? And so, therefore, the mind can... If it would stop doing that, what would happen? Find out. Maybe that thing that you were seeing from, you would see through. You'd see through it. You'd realize it. You'd realize I'm not that. Instead of starting from that point and starting to think realize what's this and that, you would realize I'm not that. And then that's that. Yeah. Then you get on with it. Then you realize where you, what you're doing right now is this the seed assignment. You're in. Things get, blue becomes blue and red becomes red. It becomes fucking very obvious and clear with no effort. Yeah. And then you take a chance in your life and you see what happens. You know, you follow your own gut and then Everything seems to comply with that was the right move. Yeah, honor that. Yeah. Become your own freaking authority. Any questions tonight? (laughs) <laughs> it's part of the ritual I have to ask that <laughs> are there any questions I, well yes I have a question about my boyfriend yes. it's very quickly the sense of self can, can be placed in the position of square zero in this game the sense of self is square three it's a process that took time yeah what you are is square zero. But if you look at a game from square three, it may make the game seem totally different than the basic aspect of the game. Yeah? What would happen if square three tries to find square zero as if it's going to be a square that square three can arrive at? It doesn't fucking work. What would happen is, hey, I may not be square three. What dawns on you? Square zero. Let's say it happens on square 24. What dawns on you? Square zero. Happens at square 85. What dawns on you? Square zero. After you realize quick, sooner or later, there's only square zero. Yeah? All the other squares are appearing in square zero. I can't get from square three to square zero. Because it's all, it's it's in the context of square zero to begin with. Yeah? It's not someplace other than square zero. Yeah? You've never moved in one sense one iota. If everywhere is where, what we are, then everywhere at the center is everywhere. Right where you are, in what the condition you believe you're in right now, is the center. It's still what's looking. It doesn't say what's looking is what you're looking for after you've been at a retreat for a week. No, it doesn't say that. After you've fasted for eight days, then you'll be what's looking. And that'll be what... No, it's what's looking. Taking a shit doing this, looking at pornography, that's what's looking. Not that I do any of that. No. Let's get that clear. So that's what's looking. Who puts the requirements on it? What's looking or you? Who says you've got to get ready for what's looking? What's looking or you? (laughs) What's looking hasn't said a damn thing. Oh, wait a minute. I've got to get ready. No, it's too late. Oh, wait a minute. I got my get ready, get set, go room. No. You walk in here. I have total reliance and faith 
in the insecurity of all this. <laughs> if I prepared, I'd be devoted or I'd be honoring something else. Yeah? Yes. Honor it and see what happens. You just said something that affects me. You just said you're comfortable with the insecurity of it all. Yeah. That's where I'm stuck. I'm not comfortable with insecurity. Well, that's fine. Why don't you just follow that thing that believes it's not comfortable? See if it's you. Yeah? Because the security it will seek will be true discomfort. You'll be irritable, restless, and discontent there. This is, you can always use self inquiry for that. That one that feels like that may not be you. Then you wouldn't be beholden to the story. Yes? It could be different, like that. It's like the thing with the tumor. That person got a lot of investment in that tumor. He's got tons of Italian t-shirts, you know, and jackets, and all these. In, you know, he's he doesn't want to be free. Yeah, it's, the mind's too engaged in that. Yes. So why not question that? And if it isn't you, then all bets are off. What you thought was an incredible impediment, you'll just step right over. You have to see it's all you in a way. The only thing that's dreaming here is mind. Yeah? And we are that mind. This is a dreamt object in the dream of mind in a way. Yeah? But like Jesus says, we're in this place, but we're not of it. Yeah? So we're not in, we're in seemingly in this body, but we're not of the body. To have a little bit of that ofness sprinkle into the inness, <laughs> you'll travel a lot lighter. I'll tell you, really. Right now, the inness is a closed system. Every time the ofness is available, which is at all times, it has this really incredible trick. It makes it something. Yeah. So nothing never can be everything because it's made into something. Yes. So it nudes it. It's just like if some people have an epiphany. Who ever made a reservation for an epiphany? Really? Who called ahead and, you know, I want Kenny G music and, you know, you know, Eagle Claw bathtub. No, it just insert it just breaks the linear story of Paul, yes? And now you're freed from that idea of Paul. But it usually ends coinciding with the thought, which is I'm having this incredible epiphany. Yeah? The selfing finally gets... It's like, you ever see mercury when you break something and then it recoagulates? That's what selfing is like. You can dash it against the rocks and... And then it'll claim it. And now it's, it claims its own absence. I had an epiphany. Unbelievable. And it was about four hours. I mean, I'm going to call up the epiphany hotline and compare. Did anyone have a over four-hour epiphany this month? I have the biggest epiphany. So now... That, that invitation has been made into something. It's totally nuded. It's on your spiritual mantle. And now you're comparing your epiphany with other people's epiphanies. They're no one's epiphany. You never had a fucking epiphany <laughs> at all. It was the absence of you. That's why you felt so freaking great. You were fu- <laughs> you, stopped, you stopped picking up that rock. It's carrying it for a while. And you weren't going to put it down voluntarily. Life did it. You put Oh, oh, this is what's, you have that, you have that, you have that example, the mind can expound on it, 
Yeah. Once you get a principle, you can see it in all, everything. Yeah. Like in recovery, they have it, they bring it to a beautiful statement. They say, why are you in so much fear today? Simple question. And he doesn't let you answer, which is great. He says, isn't it because self-reliance has failed you? Okay. So he's saying, let's say there's fear, and fear is the activator of what you call character defects, yes? Like selfishness, you know, fucking jealousy, like that. And then the character defects produce behaviors that produce consequences, yeah? That reinforce the fear again, yeah? And so people try to look at fear as a cause, but fear isn't a cause. He's describing the cause of fear is self-reliance, Yeah? So self-reliance is the Petri dish which the fear thrives in and the fear presents a condition that character defects thrive in and so on and so forth, yeah? So he says self-reliance has failed us. What level of reliance is identification as? I say that's an extreme level of reliance on self that you are identified as one, yeah? I don't think you can be relied on more, anything more than that than to think you're that. <laughs> you, can't get the, you can't get any farther than that, yeah? So there you go. What would happen, so in this failed system of reliance on self, it's producing const, constantly all these different effects that we, that, get, that we miss. We don't see the source of them all. So it's like having a, a cold but taking it to be the flu and you buy tons of flu medicine and you follow all the instructions religiously and you get a little relief because they share common ailments, but not, you don't get radical relief because you're misdiagnosed. You didn't have the flu. You had the cold. Yeah? This is the point. People are trying to improve what they're not. Why would they continue to do that? They must believe that they are that, obviously. That's called the identification as a self. Yeah? And then when self is expressing through you, in recovery we talk about the common manifestations of self, and they are resentments, fear, and harms done to others, and you talk to people and they go, my resentments, my fear, my actions who harm people, doesn't that seem like they're, they're uh, identified with the expression of a foreign installment? Yeah. The resentments are stemming not from you, but from self. This idea of being a self. The fear isn't stemming from you, it's coming from that. Yet, you keep calling all of ex expressions yours, you can't be more identified than that. Yeah? How can you miss the diagnosis? If something is using me as a form of expression, and then my little voice box, as the expressions are coming out, I'm saying, they're mine. Mine, mine. I would say that mind is identified with something other than it is. Yeah? What would happen if that was simply corrected? The identification was seen as just an act. It could never actually, you can never become that which you're identified as. Yeah? Then you would see it's an impossibility, this bondage I seem to be living in. What would happen? the false edifice would collapse because you're the thing that's holding it up or you're the no thing that's holding it up. Yes? You take, you take the interest out of the game and the game, you lose interest in it. Yeah? It gets taken out of it because it's not about you. So instead of seeing life as happening to you, you start seeing life as happening. Huge difference. Self-centeredness is life's happening to me. Right? Centeredness is life is happening. 
basically, but it's a huge difference. That simple statement, it has a huge effect every second of every freaking day. If you're looking at life as happening to you, fuck, you know what it's like. You're in it, seemingly. But then if you're seeing life as happening, then you realize if that's moving, and for me to recognize it, I'm moving. I'm not a false noun that something's happening to. I'm part of the happening. <laughs> you know, if I could throttle you, I would. You know, if I had a fucking sword, I'd cut your head off after I cut mine off. But that's not, you know, not appropriate here. So we put out an invitation and a message. This is not a fucking seminar. It's not a dissertation. It's an invitation. Like, hey, yeah, check it out if you like. Yeah. It's a message. You ever get a message, eight-minute message on your voicemail? Have you ever listened to the eight minutes of it? No. This is a very simple message, but it can be repeated. And repetition is helpful. Because you never know, like a lazy Susan, when the things are going to align and the message will get right through. And then an aha will occur, and then it will turn into an unspoken yes. It won't just get blown away by the mental winds, but it'll, it'll catch, yeah? And then the mind, like Raman Maharshi says... Your head is in the tiger's mouth. It's a done deal. It's all a done deal. It's just going to play out. Yes? Nothing to be concerned about. You just enjoy the playing of it out. Because that's what's going to happen. It's a done deal. Your mind's seen too much. It's over. Yeah? The charade is finished. And then you entertain it. That's all. You know, it's just sort of like if you were looking out a door, a window, and you were just looking out there. That's my idea of entertaining. And then you'd see what's all going by it. You see a bird, and but you wouldn't go, "My bird." You know, you wouldn't want to keep following it. You'd just see a bird go by. Yeah, it'd be defined by the window. You wouldn't be going, "Where did my bird go?" They're not your bird, your thoughts. They're not your feelings. Yeah, they're just feelings. So things come up in this window, and there's a seeing of them. Yes. But after a while, you see a lot of it going, coming and going, coming and going. You get the sense of the space that they're coming and going in. You're that space. When a bird leaves the the space, the space doesn't go in and gets replaced with another space. It's space. Yeah. It's allowing something to occur, which is something comes and goes in it. But the space doesn't come and go. Or you you would see it like everything else that comes and goes. Why you can't see it is that it doesn't come and go. Yeah? We can't recognize a trajectory because it's not moving. Everything moves in it. We don't have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. But the capability is there, but we're not seeing and hearing. Yet, after a while, you'll start sensing the space. That's the presence. It becomes palpable. You can look around and almost see it while you're looking in space. You'll see it. Like uh, It's very, very fucking alive. It's not, not a dead void. <laughs> Contrary. No, it's not that at all. It's everything, like we say, is imminently available there. Everything that arises comes from there. And when everything departs, it seems to go there. But there's no coming and going, yeah.
<laughs> That's it, I'm getting tired. <laughs> it's an imitation. You don't want to beat a dead horse. It gets to be too much. You know, More is not, doesn't work in this arena. More. It doesn't matter how many meetings you've gone. You may never even go to a meeting and you'll, you'll hear it. Yeah, You'll hear it outside in an office or somewhere. It's all the mind. It has nothing to do. It can play with things as triggers, but what it's what gets triggered is the is the message, not the triggers. Yeah. This is just an invitation, like a tickling. Your I have total faith in mind. It's your mind already knows beyond knowing. Yeah, that it isn't this. <laughs> How could it? Do you think it actually believes it's like behind the cheekbone? You know that it stops here and then whatever this is, and then Chris starts there, give me a fucking rake, you know. It's not, it's a, it's a more advanced than that. <laughs> give it some credit, you know. I know our faith in mind has been really hurt by our faith in the mental process, but that's not mine. The mental process doesn't deserve faith, yeah, because it's a failed system. But the mind is—that's what they call it in that old Zen treatise, faith mind, because exactly that, faith mind, yeah, have faith in mind. Do am I, I supposed to speak for a certain time, right? This is a, well, like a performing easy. animal. Yeah. <laughs> I paid for two hours. Let's go. I want to see some tricks. Well, screw you. I'm not going to do it. I refuse to. <laughs> I'm not going to lower myself. More questions. Oh, yeah. Questions, yes. Any questions? Yes. What about pain? A lot of pain. How can one be conscious and not self-conscious? How can someone be conscious or not conscious? Are you talking about consciousness versus self-consciousness? Yes, yeah. How can you be conscious and not self-conscious in pain? How can you... Well, by realizing you're not a self. Both statements have consciousness in there, right? Just drop the one that has self in front of it. Yeah? So you'll be conscious and conscious instead of conscious and self-conscious. <laughs> I, I relate to that question much easier with the mental state. You know, oh, for sure. Much easier. And then back to, with me, with like the physical conditions I have going, you know, like I have a, my knees hurting me and that, it's really bad. And it, that doesn't even come close to this other discomfort that I have going because it's in another chakra that I can't handle. Yes. And so it's very, it's, it's just harder to deal with but I'm sure that it's, it's lighter than it would be. Well, that's the point, Yes. That's like the geography of your life, bro. This isn't about knocking down all the mountains and the molehills. It just, uh, just allows you to travel lighter over it. Yeah, and pain and is it, more difficult than, for me, at least. Well, it can hook you, yeah. Much more difficult than the mental, you know, you can see through that pretty quickly. Like, it's more difficult. But it's still an imitation, yeah? You're seeing the pain, aren't you? Yeah. Now, if there's this self-consciousness that's looking at the pain, it's different than seeing it. That sort of produces suffering. Yeah? Because you're looking at the pain from a certain position. Why is this happening to me? 
I don't deserve this somehow, you're looking at it from a self-centered position, that's a form of looking. And then there's the consciousness, which is seeing the pain, yes? Now, there's going to be suffering in the physicality. I mean, there's going to be the pain, but you can travel a a lot lighter when you remove the selfing out of it, yes? And if you realize the only way you remove the selfing is not by being a self, you just realize you're not that, yeah? Yeah. This isn't like a get-free-from-jail card. It just allows you to travel lighter, yeah? Through pain and through non-pain, yeah? It doesn't mean pain's not going to happen. That's part of the game here. Yes, we're in a we're in a manifestation based on duality. So there's pleasure and pain. You want a lot of pleasure, but you don't want any of the pain. That's a giant form of suffering. Yeah. What happens if you're not self-conscious of the pain and you're just conscious of the pain? Find out. I bet you you'll travel a lot lighter through it. But it doesn't mean the pain just immediately gets dismissed because you're conscious, because the pain's there and you are conscious. <laughs> you're already conscious, and then there's, there's pain. Yeah. But the greatest thing is, if you're not having much, better enjoy the hell out of it. Yeah? You know what I mean? I'm pretty much pain-free, so I'm having a blast right now. <laughs> I, I figure I might as well enjoy it. See what comes down the pike. <laughs> like someone said the other, we were at that talk in uh, Palo Alto. It pointed out a very simple, simple thing, but I liked it. And the person asked me, uh, "Are you afraid of sharks?" So let's say if someone said that to me tonight, and I went, "Not now, yeah, because I'm not in the water, <laughs> and I know the qualities of sharks. They haven't grown legs yet, so I'm pretty safe right now." And that wasn't sufficient for them. They immediately went to the hypothetical. But if you were in the water, would you be afraid of sharks? I said, "I don't know. I'm not in the water right now." But it'd probably be pretty damn appropriate to be afraid of a shock if a shock was there. You know what I mean? But you see the simplicity of it. Yeah. No, I have no fear of sharks right now because I know, you know, I'm on dry land. It's simple. You know. But then the mind always wants to go to but. Or people say, oh, at a meeting like this, it's so easy for me to feel the light. But that's the beginning of the world, right? But when I go to work, but you're not at work. Why not just indulge where you are now? Or like in recovery, they go, how many meetings should I go to? And I just tell them, how about this one that you're at? Pay attention now. This is, the, this, is where, this is where the mining occurs, yeah? Your attention and interest is being uh, deposited somewhere. Can you imagine if it was deposited into nothingness? What great, uh, I find great fruits come from that investment, yeah? So that your attention is resting on what's always so. So it finds great rest there, and there's tons enough interest and attention to deal with what comes today. And travel that way. But if you describe a way of how to get into that, it's not going to work. These are like byproducts. Something occurs, and then you find out about what occurred by how it's occurring in your life. Yeah, You can't map a way to how, how can I make this occur in my life without the occurring. Yeah, there's got there's, the occurring causes the occurrence. Yeah, just like this message for me, the download occurred, and then I saw something, 
hey, this is a foreign fucking installment. And that's, then I started having a lot of insight about what I'm not. When I had insight about what I'm not, when I thought it was me, produced tons of suffering. Be up for 10 days on coke, I had tons of insight. But I was calling it about me. It was unbearable. I, now I have tons of insight about the same thing, but it's not me. It becomes helpful. It becomes, it comes very light. Because the more you see what you're not, the more you are what you what you are, yeah. As a, like a, in an actualization here, yeah. You see what you're not. You're actually the seeing of what you're not. That's what I am. I'm the seeing of what I'm not. I can't see what I am, yeah. Especially from what I'm not, but I'm the seeing of what I'm not. That's as close as I can get to it. And it intimates what it is through your experiences here. Yes. And you have an intimate relationship with no thing. It becomes the most palpable, most biggest presence in your life, yet it's not can't be seen or felt or taste or touched. Yeah. Yet it infuses itself in all the touching, tasting, feeling, and yeah, yeah. It infuses itself in all your experiences, but it's not an experience. Yeah. It's like being loved every second of the day in a lot of ways. So that's it. You're welcome. Yeah. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to have this on our format next month. So you're welcome. You're welcome to join again. Probably a month after.